your Xbox Game Pass Game of the Month Club. I'm Spencer. And I'm Mark. That spells spark. Your spark of inspiration to explore Game Pass. Charging sequence at 30%. 50% chief. 70%. 90%. This is Spark Pass. Hey everybody, it's Mark from the Spark Pass Podcast. You may notice we're doing something a little bit different here today on the podcast feed. Spencer is not with me. This is a solo episode. I know that's probably kind of weird, but hear me out. Real quick, before we get started today, I wanted to sort of explain what we're doing here. So if you didn't know, June is the one-year anniversary of Spark Pass as an idea. The first episode came out in July, but we really started formulating the show and figuring out what we were going to do for the show in June. So, what we decided to do, uh, especially with the Xbox Bethesda press conference coming up, it's a big month for Game Pass in general, it's a big month for our show, you know, our birthday's coming up, we got the big show coming up, so we decided to make June this sort of mega-sized month of Spark Pass, where we're going to be putting out an episode every single week of the month of June. Um, So, what that's going to look like is this, I'll I'll explain... Everything that we're planning on doing. Um, so today, you're going to get this, the first of our two Spark Pass audio essay series. Um, trying out something different where we wanted to just do solo sort of audio essays about a game from Game Pass that you can try right now. And just sort of talking about them in a way that's different from a normal review. Like the the idea is like, it's not a review of what the game is, which is what we normally do. It's it's more about how the game makes you feel, you know, how what what emotions played in your mind as you were playing the game. Right. So we're going to be doing two of those at the beginning and end of this month. I'm doing one about Tunic uh, and Spencer is doing one about Hellblade Sinuous Sacrifice. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. I'm, I'm looking forward to trying something different. If you guys end up liking that, we may do more of them in the future. If you don't, that's OK. You know, um, sometimes we got to experiment. Um, But the other things that we're doing, on the 13th, um, we're doing a full post-mortem, a full breakdown of the Xbox Bethesda Showcase. That's going on on the 12th. We're also going to be doing a live stream on the 12th on twitch.tv slash sparkpass. We're going to be doing a live stream of the event uh, where you can see our reactions in real time. And then the day after on the podcast feed, you'll be able to hear uh, how we react, how we feel about the showcase in general. Um, and then last but not least, we've got our main episode of the podcast this month, which is coming out on the 20th. So the third Monday of the month, rather than the second, we had to shift some things around because of the press conference. Um, and we're going to be talking about bug snacks, which is a game I've played a little bit of now, and I'm really looking forward to talking about, it. I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. So just to recap audio essay, number one. Number two, Xbox Bethesda press conference. Number three, normal episode, Bug Snacks. Number four, another audio essay. We're trying these things out. We're trying some new stuff for uh, this month. I hope you guys like it. I hope you guys appreciate it. And thank you so much for writing with us for a year. I know that um, there's a ton of podcasts out there. There's a ton of different news podcasts. There's a ton of different stuff you can listen to. And the fact that you choose to listen to SparkFast every single month means the world to me i've had so much fun putting this show together over the last year so thank you guys so much i hope you enjoy our first ever spark pass audio essay this one is by me 
and it's about tuning. adventure game that came out this year, 2022. It was published by Finji and developed in large part by one man, Andrew Shouldice. It's heavily inspired by The Legend of Zelda, taking a smattering of influence from modern Souls games, the spice on top. It's a game largely built around its secrets and takes joy in player self-discovery through the clever use of an instruction booklet as a mechanic. It's one of the best games of 2022 thus far, and you should absolutely play it. I mostly just want to talk about that instruction booklet a little more. It may be one of my favorite game mechanics of all time. Not because of its effectiveness as a teaching tool. Not because it unveils a deeply layered and satisfying puzzle in the late game. Not because it feeds into itself so beautifully and being what pulls you forward and being the object that tells you how to go forward beyond it. All of that is true. But I loved the instruction booklet because it reminded me of being a child again. Not through mere cheap nostalgia like so many franchises do these days, but by actually capturing what it felt like as a kid to read an instruction booklet, to imagine a world, to dream. Tunic reaches back while still finding ways to pull us forward. Let's reach back a second. kid in the halcyon days of the mid to late 90s, which honestly feel like a lifetime ago now. My dad was a factory worker. My mom was at varying points a custodian, a fast food worker, and then eventually a factory worker herself. Most everyone in my family worked at the factory at some point or another. But by and large, my parents were able to provide decently well for us. They owned their house. They were able to pay for most everything we ever needed for school or for our health. We had birthday parties, we got presents, we had food in the house, and a roof over our heads on two manual labor salaries. Like I said, feels like a lifetime ago now. That being said, it's not like they threw the cash around for us for video games. My allowance wasn't a fixed amount, it was whatever loose change they brought home from grocery shopping or the vending machine at work. If I was able to build up to that magical number of 40 or $50, I'd be able to wrap up all my dimes and nickels, take them to the bank, and get actual paper money that I would usually immediately blow on a video game. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably got a game a year for my birthday, usually a Game Boy or Game Boy Advance game because they were a bit cheaper. 
And of course, Christmas would bring a couple more. Or if my brother and I were really persistent, we'd get one of the new consoles. But that was largely it. I maybe got to buy and own and fully beat maybe two or three games a year at most. Far cry from the hundreds we have at our fingertips today at nearly all times. But there was always one place back then where you had hundreds of games at your fingertips. Where you could imagine whatever world you wanted. I'm talking about rental stores. And just about every Friday night after school, that's where you could find me, strolling up and down the aisles of clear plastic boxes, thankful my mom had the $5 spare so that I could enter a whole new world. Most kids my age interface with a big national chain, like a Blockbuster or a Family Video. I was lucky enough to have the privilege of having a locally owned VHS and video game rental shop called Wildcat Video. It, like most things in my small town of about 8,000 people, was named after the high school football team. And much like a real Wildcat, it was most intriguing in its den, in the back. Under the cover of darkness, where its normal milk toast blue paint scheme gave way to a dark room, carpeted in the classic arcade carpet of backlit stars and swirling planets, revealed by the dim light was a galaxy, wall-to-wall boxes upon boxes of Super Nintendo games, Sega Genesis, Sega CD, Sega Saturn, hell, even 3DO games. Bet you never thought the 3DO was getting a shout-out on this podcast. Later, in the PlayStation 2, GameCube, and Xbox era, they moved into this gigantic warehouse-type building that was packed floor-to-floor with games, DVDs. Hell, they even kept renting out VHS tapes well into the mid-2000s. Of course, the mid-2000s, that's around when Netflix began to take hold and eventually choked the life out of Wildcat Video, just like it did every other rental store in the world. The original home of Wildcat was remodeled, and now houses a pretty solid local Mexican restaurant. Its final home, the Cavernous Warehouse, it's now a tractor supply store. I still think about Wildcat every time I drive past either of those buildings whenever I'm back home. In fact, oftentimes I intentionally set my route back to my parents' house to drive away from those buildings. Because as spectacular as either the Galaxy version or the Warehouse version of Wildcat was, the drive away from Wildcat was arguably the best part. That's when you got to read the instruction booklet of the new game you just rented for the weekend, and take in the beautiful art, read tips and secret strategies, learn the controls before you even set hands on the controller, and figure out multiple facts that you can impress your friends with at school on Monday. Just by opening that crisp, 
clear case and flipping through those pages. You could be taken away to a place where you could imagine how great the next game you were about to pop into your N64 or original Xbox was going to be. Of course, most of the time, that game wouldn't live up to that lofty expectation. Hell, that's still the case today. But sometimes, sometimes they do. Sometimes your imagination in the instruction booklet meets the majesty of the game itself, and that's where things truly get special. I think that's a lot of the reason that Tunic resonated so well with me. Not only did we have the anticipation of the game being announced several years ago, and having very little information to go off of, and being able to imagine what that game would be like that created this sense of anticipation, but also, once the game finally came out, flipping through that instruction book, Seeing the cute art mixed alongside tips and tricks again for the first time in a very long time, it just took me back to being that kid troving up and down the aisles of Wildcat Video again. Back to that kid dreaming in the backseat, flipping through the instruction. But the great news is that if you don't have that nostalgia... It doesn't just ply in that nostalgia. It's also an awesome game for modern gamers, too. If you've ever loved any hard-as-nails action RPG or any pre-Breath of the Wild Zelda game, you are going to feel right at home in Tunic. It has stellar puzzle design, great combat, a compelling story that's said almost entirely wordlessly. It just gives you great gameplay and lets your imagination fill in the gaps. It's just a stunning little bit of design. Tunic, undoubtedly, has been my favorite game so far this year. And I never would have explored it without Game Pass. A lot of people refer to Xbox Game Pass as Netflix for video games. And while I guess that's a true comparison it's never the comparison that's felt right to me i've never wanted to call it netflix for video games i i often instead find myself calling it the world's greatest video game rental store instead because yeah you don't get the crisp plastic cases and the instruction books but you do get thousands of games at your fingertips that you can try over and over and over and over again, all from the comfort of your couch. And sometimes you can find a game that captures how you felt the first time you went to Wildcat Video, picked up The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, paid your $5 at the counter, got in the back seat as mom drove home and flipped through the instruction booklet. Sometimes you find something that captures that old magic. I'm hoping that there's many, many more in the years to come.
music that you heard in this episode is from the Tunic original game soundtrack by Lifeborn and Janice Kwan. We do not own that music. Please support the official release. You can find that on their Bandcamp page. The album's $13, and it's worth every penny. The music in this game is just incredible. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.